You're listening to the Her Business Beat podcast, where real women share how purpose drives profits and how life harmony can exist with your hustle. I'm Geneva Moresma, the founder of Hearts and Heels, a networking group for women where we work together for flourishing businesses and come together through enriching education and joyful relationships. Whether you're a part-time business owner or a fast-scaling entrepreneur who is also a conscientious leader, you can create soul-led success by fueling your greatest ambitions with pure heart. So pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of cab, pop in your AirPods, and get ready to check your purpose pulse to create work that matters and the success you desire. So today on Her Business Beat, I have on a friend and somebody that is super smart about talking about business finance, which I think is a great topic today. So we're going to speak with Carrie Williams, CPA and financial coach and owner of Running Valley Financial about setting up a business for financial success. So welcome, Carrie. Thank you. Thanks, Geneva, for having me. Yes. So tell us a little bit, I guess, about your background before you started Running Valley and also then what prompted you to start your company. Sure, absolutely. So I um, went to school for accounting, got my accounting degree. I worked in corporate America for a very long time, for 21 years, had a lot of experience doing a lot of different things in the corporate space. But I got to the point in my life and in my career where that was really no longer serving me. And I felt really this calling to help more people. And, you know, with the financial skills that I have, um, I did get my CPA back in 2000. So really, you know, just getting out there to, to see how can I help other people with the skills that I have. And of course, it was during the pandemic um, where everybody's lives were upside down. And I just really, as I started working from home during that time, I just felt like, you know what, maybe I can start my own business and have the flexibility, have the ability to just impact more people and not just, you know, be working for a corporation and, and going to the office every day. So that was kind of how this all got started with me um, in my vision to to start this company. And, uh, and it just kind of went from there. That's awesome. And you have you've you've grown well. And uh, I know you serve not only Florida, but you also serve in your home state of North Dakota, right? That's right. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And, you know, with the beauty of being virtual, I can really serve anybody anywhere. You know, all of my services are completely virtual via Zoom calls, via portal. You know, I think if anything came out of the pandemic, it was that people are now comfortable with doing things, not necessarily in person, face to face. So absolutely. So, yeah, it, it just broadens the ability to just help more people. Absolutely. I think it's so funny how we had all the video chat capabilities prior to 2020, but it just wasn't something that we utilized regularly. It was kind of like the last resort way to communicate or if we couldn't do something. And now I agree with you. That was actually a very big positive that came out of it. It's made a lot of us more time efficient and has broadened our audiences who we can serve. So that's great. So thanks for sharing that. And I, I love your mission and just why you got started. And it sounds like you bring a lot of um, great experience from just your background in corporate America for so long and in helping large businesses grow themselves and manage their money. So working with a small business owner, I know is a passion of yours and you run two legs of things. So if you can explain maybe the services you do as a CPA and then the services that you offer people as a financial coach, like who might be appropriate for those services? 
Right. Absolutely. So really when I got started, my passion was to help individuals in financial coaching, which basically means getting your finances in order when it comes to debt payoff, learning how to live on a budget, saving for particular goals that you might have, whether it's buying a house, um, saving for retirement, however it may be. That's really where I, I kind of the the fire started um, within me was it was on the individual financial coaching standpoint. Then because I have my CPA, people started asking me, you know, well, can you do taxes? Can you help me out with this? And so so I started kind of that branch, like you said, of my business in doing tax preparation for individuals and small businesses. And so what grew from that and what I saw is that as I was doing these small business tax returns for these clients who had just started businesses, a lot of them started during the pandemic, mm-hmm. like I did, you know, and looking at how can they shift, you know, what they're doing in their career path. And there was really a lack of knowledge that I saw in just how to set up their business from the beginning and how to set it up with a solid foundation going forward. Because there were, I was having conversations with these clients that had small businesses and they were really sort of lost and they didn't have good record keeping. They didn't understand a lot of things. And so that's really kind of what prompted me to really explore this concept of how can I educate small business owners on setting up that solid foundation, you know, for, from a financial standpoint for their businesses to make them more successful? Because, um, you know, we were chatting, you know, just a little while ago about these statistics that um, the Bureau of Labor Statistics says 22% of all small businesses fail in the first year. And then it goes up to 30% from the second year and up to 50% will fail uh, within the first five years. And so, and like we were saying, even for women-owned businesses, that statistic is even worse. It's bigger. It's, it's greater. And it's tragic because, you know, we start businesses out of a place of wanting to contribute to our families, pursue a dream. There's some passion sitting on our heart. And so to hear those statistics and know that after five years, that many people have lost the dream. It saddens me to think of that. So we're on yeah. a mission today to bring some education, some awareness. And I think also something I'm passionate about doing is pulling stigmas off of certain talks. And I know you are mm-hmm. too, is that there's no shame in talking about finances. I think people sometimes if they feel that their finances aren't in great shape or they they don't understand their business finances, they shy away from dealing with it because right. they're afraid of being embarrassed or you know, revealing those things to someone. And I know Carrie well, and I know you are definitely (laughs) somebody that would be easy to talk to. And and your job is not to judge people's finances. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Right. And and that's what I tell, you know, people that I work with that reach out to me. First of all, I congratulate them for being brave enough to ask those questions and to say like, I need help with this. That's huge. And that there shouldn't be a stigma around that. You know, it's like people talk about all kinds of things and, but yet no one wants to talk about finances and it's really sort of sad. Yes. Um, But yeah. And I, and I tell everybody, you know what, there's no dumb questions and this is a no judgment zone. So, you know, it just, there's so much stress and anxiety and overwhelm that comes with not understanding something. And that's what I see with a lot of small business owners is like, they're so passionate about what they do, you know, their service or their product. And they're Mm -hmm. so focused on that. And that's just their heart, but they get, you know, if they don't have a good foundation set up from the financial standpoint, 
and can really become chaotic very quickly because if you're not tracking things and you're not paying attention to the money going out the door, you know, it can get out of control really, really quickly. So, you know, I'm kind of on this mission to just like help, you know, calm the chaos, right. And, And to just empower small business owners to just feel more confident and feel more knowledgeable about what they're doing. And they don't have to be experts. They don't have to be CPAs. Yes. Um, but as an, an owner, you have to know enough to know yeah. what are the right questions to ask and to just, you know, take away some of that stress and anxiety over yes. something that's just, it's an unknown. Absolutely. And so I want to start by asking you about just maybe some common pitfalls that people get themselves into when they start businesses. But before I kind of formally ask you that question, I just (laughs) wanted to share something that back in 2011, 2010, 11, I dissolved an LLC that Mm -hmm. I had with somebody and we had our records straight because we we had a CPA and we had Uh all of that going on for us. Thank goodness. But uh, something very scary happened. I got a notice from the IRS that I needed to show up to their physical office down on Boy Scout Road wow. um, here in Tampa for a, a chat. And I was like, what the heck is this? And they right. were assessing that I owed all this money. And so we pulled out all the records and mm-hmm. happened to find out that there were two quarters worth within the year that they were questioning that if we added those two quarters of payments that we actually made together came out to the amount of money that they were telling me that mm. I still owed for my business. So I went in, of course, like my knees knocking, like I'm like, oh my sure. gosh, am I going to go to jail today? Like what, right. what did I do wrong? It was super scary. Oh yeah. They're actually very nice, but they stitch you in an office and there's a camera <laughs> and, and I had all my records. And I told the IRS agent, I'm like, I truly believe there's a mistake. Like, look, Mm -hmm. these two numbers add up to this and this has been paid. Here's record of payment. And so it turned out that that the IRS had double assessed me uh, for two quarters. They do make mistakes, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like she said, thank goodness. I came in with a binder of like all my statements (laughs) and all of my stuff. But she's like, thank goodness you kept good records because she actually made it really easy to resolve the issue. So I walked out a free woman. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't go to prison that day right. for tax evasion or something horrible. Um, but you know, but I can only imagine like if someone didn't have that in order and the same yeah. thing happened, which it can happen. That you know, that's a scary situation when you've got a government entity questioning things and yeah. you feel like you don't owe, but you have to have the record to show them, or else it's you against them. Totally so, agree. That's a great example. Tale. <laughs> yes. No, that is that is a great example because number one, it stresses the importance of having good records and yes. to keep be keeping track of, you know, of what you're doing. But also the reality is, is that there's this feeling out there that the IRS is like this big, bad entity looking to take you down and to take you to jail. And and when people get a letter that's from the IRS, like their heart skips a beat and yeah. they really just yeah. get freaked out. And like you said, you know, a lot of times you, even if you finally get the courage to open that letter, which I encourage you would never leave a, an IRS letter <laughs> unopened. Like you need to read it. Bad idea, it. bad idea. And, uh, but a lot of times, you know, for the lay person that's not a financial person, they read that letter and they still don't even understand what it means. Yeah. Um, and so it's very important to reach out to your accountant, your CPA, or somebody that you can trust to kind of help you interpret it. Because like you said, the IRS makes mistakes too. So 
just because you get a letter, it doesn't mean that that's the be all end all. And you just have to make that payment. Exactly. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Definitely, um, definitely true. So let's start by just talking about what are maybe a few common pitfalls that you find small business owners or startups get themselves into rather quickly that that are yeah. can be resolved, mm-hmm. but we don't have to walk through these landmines if we know better. <laughs> what would those exactly. be? Exactly. Yeah. One of the well, first of all, the overarching thing is your money mindset. Honestly, like when you're starting a business, think about how you handle money in your personal life. Are you a spender or are you a saver? Are, like, what is your financial, you know, habits? Mm-hmm. Um, because that could very well carry over into your business. And so, yeah. if you're sort of a, you know, person who just spends things on a whim and and is very, you know, doesn't really take the time to think through strategically purchases, you know, yeah. they're they're kind of you know, spur of the moment, if you carry that over into your business, that could not go very well for you. So it's kind of first assessing what is your financial mindset and what are your financial habits and making sure that you set up really good financial habits when it comes to your business. And some people, it may be that they have an opposite mindset when it comes to their business, because maybe they're so afraid to spend any money because they don't know when their revenue is going to come in, especially when they're first starting. So they're very hesitant to spend any money. Yeah. But sometimes you need to spend money to make money, right? This like true. you need it's to true. invest in your business to, yeah. to help it grow. And so there is a, a good balance there. But the first step, you know, I would encourage everybody is to just take a minute to understand kind of what your financial mindset is and what those habits are and make sure you set up really good habits for when you go into your business. Yeah, that's that's really wise to just kind of start with that space of contemplation. And you're right, mm-hmm. both both ends of that spectrum can can be detrimental. Um, right. You're right. It's not just the people that are spending a lot, but it's the ones that are holding on to too much. Or yeah. I have found just in talking with a lot of, of women, especially in small business, that when they start up, they're starting up with no set budgets for mm-hmm. things like marketing, networking. Right actually pouring something into their business. And so I'll hear, well, you know, I don't know if I can afford to do whatever, afford to to do any marketing this way, or I can't afford to yeah. join any networking. And it's kind of like, well, you can't afford not to, like there has to be right. some small budget, some amount of money that you could safely allocate to those things. It's not killing you. Yeah. And it's just at least a place to start so that you can grow your business. And so it's like you have to have the money to buy the seeds to put to the ground. Absolutely. 100%. But on the opposite, you can't be frivolously throwing out a bunch of seeds with no good intention behind where you're putting those things. So I think that's a great first tip. So give us something else. What would be something else that might be a good tip to counter a behavior that could be consequential for us as small business owners? Yeah. So kind of along those same lines of what you're talking about is when people say, I don't know if I can afford it or not, you have to get organized. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to, first of all, the very first thing, which you think should be a very basic thing, but you'd be surprised at how many people don't do this, is that you need to keep your business finances separate from your personal finances. Mm -hmm. Like the one of the very first things you should do is set up a business bank account and have a separate business debit or credit card to where you're fully running your business separate from your personal finances. Mm -hmm. Because without that, you really don't have the visibility to see how well is your business doing. You know, you've got money coming in, you've got money going out, but if it's all commingled with your personal, 
Yeah. Not to mention there's a lot of other ramifications for that, yeah. uh, even from a legal standpoint and from a uh, nightmare when it comes to tax time. Also, <laughs> let's so. make Carrie's life easier. <laughs> right. <laughs> and all CPAs out there and bookkeepers too. Yes. I'm sure they appreciate Oh, that. yes. A hundred percent. So, you know, it's really, really important to have that separation because when you have that separation, then you can really understand what's going on with your business finances. It's all isolated into one place. And then you can look at, you know, okay, I've got this revenue coming in. I've got these expenses going out and it just helps you really stay organized. You also need some type of bookkeeping. And now it depends on the type of business to, you know, the number of transactions going through and what it is that you're doing. Not everybody needs to hire a bookkeeper, you know, not everybody even needs QuickBooks necessarily, but you have to have some type of method for tracking what's going on and and the ins and outs and how much you're spending on what categories, just so that you can start to understand. We all get really excited when we start our businesses and we, some, like I know when I first started, one of the first things I did after I had my new logo was, oh, I want shirts and I want, you know. all this swag that has a logo on it. And I spent a ton of money on that, which was really cool because you're excited and you're starting a business. You see see like, oh, wow, that's me like on a shirt. And and yeah, (laughs) exactly. But it's like, you know, looking back, I'm like, that probably wasn't one of the first things I should have been spending my money on, you know? And so kind of being organized enough to then start to have a business budget and a business forecast, you know, where you're looking at, what are your normal monthly expenses, you know, and what are they going to be going forward for the rest of the year? Yeah. Um, You know, because a lot of times maybe you're paying for subscriptions and maybe it's, you pay every six months. Yeah. Well, if you're not paying attention, all of a sudden, you know, you have that bill coming in at month six that you didn't anticipate. Now you've already (laughs) spent that money for something else. And, you know, now you're in trouble because you don't have the money to pay for it. So it's super important to just be organized, have a business budget and a business forecast where, you know, things are going to come up that are, you know, out of nowhere, but you need to be able to know that you can pay for those things when they do come up. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I know um, I, I made all the mistakes when I started back in 2006. I was commingling my money. You know, I was, sure. I was young and just, just, not, <laughs> I didn't know what else to do. Right. right. I had a great idea and I got started, but I know when I finally was like, oh, I need to separate all of this and that (laughs) you're right. It made it so much easier. And then also, I think once I learned to understand my fixed expenses and know Mm -hmm. what was always going to come up and like I had to have it bare minimum to run the company, my website subscription, uh, you know, there were things that like I had to have just because Mm -hmm. it was necessary. And then what were the other things that were quite variable? Um, It helped me learn how to go, you know, in, in tight seasons sometimes, which I think right now a lot of people are very aware of, of economics and, mm-hmm, and absolutely of, of, you know, the price to live has gone up and we've seen this yep. um, happen pretty recently. And so when you can at least know, like you said, you know, what subscriptions are necessary, what are things that you've just forgotten are going to auto debit? Um, yeah, right. It's so easy to set them up. And then you're like, oh, crap, that was 200 yeah. bucks. Like I didn't, <laughs> it was, this happened to me. It was like a PDF filler that I needed right? to use like one time. And I forgot that I had a free trial for a while. And I was like, yep. man, you know, they canceled it for me because I caught it quickly. But sure. it, it was like, crap, like that's not supposed yeah. to happen. That's a that's a chunk of money I was not expecting. Right. 
Yeah, so, it's very easy to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Any other, any other, I guess, things that you find commonly as people come to you, Carrie, that yeah. are creating a bit of chaos in their financial management and are impeding their success. I think that's what's most important yeah. is that, you know, these are roadblocks to, to blooming into everything you can be, what right. might be maybe one or two more. Yeah, because honestly, you're right. Like, if you aren't paying attention to your business finances, and you're not, you don't have the visibility and the tracking, you're probably not maximizing your profits, you know, yeah. because there's probably things like you said, you're pro- maybe paying for things you don't even really realize that you're paying for that you don't yeah. need. Yeah. Um, and that's cutting into your profits. So it is super important. The other thing that I see that is really important is paying attention to your taxes mm-hmm. and understanding when you set up your business, what legal structure do you have? Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? Um, Because a lot of people don't even really understand the full ramifications of whether they have an LLC or they have an S corp election, you know, they don't understand how that translates into tax time, how they need to handle their taxes. And so having that understanding gets you prepared for you know, do I need to be paying estimated quarterly taxes or do I need to be doing payroll? You know, all of these things, you just need to have an understanding of what is the right way to do things because the last thing you want is to get a letter from the IRS that says, oh, surprise, you know, or you do your tax return at the end of the year and you haven't paid anything the entire year. And all of a sudden you owe, you know, $10,000 to the IRS and you've already spent that money. So that's, that's honestly a big reason why a lot of small businesses fail in their first couple of years yeah. because they don't anticipate the tax impact. Yeah. Um, and then they get surprised at the end of the year and they haven't planned for it. Yeah. And and then, you know, your tax payment schedule can change depending on other factors. I remember right. when my I had a clinical practice at one time and when we grew in employees, we grew in revenue. Mm-hmm. And so we had to shift from quarterly to monthly estimated taxes. And, you know, I was like, Oh, wait, why? And, and, <laughs> and, you know, so I was glad I had somebody to tell me when I had hit that mark to say, um, well, you need to start sending those payments in every month now. Because yeah. once you start hiring, you know, scaling is a great thing if you start growing. Mm-hmm. But if you start hiring, yes, you have more liability as far as sure. taxes, and, absolutely, and yep. all of those things. So it's it's one thing to like take the fall for yourself, but it's quite the other if you have other people and their families involved yes. and you are liable for paying their taxes. Right. <laughs> yeah. So true. Absolutely. Yeah. So true. And, you know, as a business owner too, you have to understand how do you pay yourself? And that depends on what kind of legal structure you have. But I cannot emphasize enough, don't wait till the, your payment to yourself should not be the last thing on your list. You know, I've read Profit First, which is an amazing book, an amazing program that I encourage everybody to check into, but it talks about the importance of, you know, you need to set aside, you know, your profit margin first that you're paying yourself um, before you look at the rest of your expenses, because you're in business to make money, right? Like that, that's the number one thing. And if you pay all of your other bills first, and then you just worry about, well, if there's anything left over, you know, then I can pay myself. But usually there's not anything left over if you haven't planned for it, right? You find somehow that money finds a place to go. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And you want it to go into your pocket, you know, as much as possible. So understanding how to pay yourself and getting in a good cadence of that regular 
paycheck, you know, it is possible to, you know, from a personal budgeting standpoint, it's important to have that cadence of like, okay, I know that I'm going to be paying myself and this is going to be an expected amount every Mm -hmm. month coming into my personal account. Then you can Mm -hmm. manage your personal budget a lot easier as well, instead of having all of this variability of like, oh, I'm just going to pay myself whenever or whenever I have enough money in my account, whatever that means, um, you know, <laughs> that or... magic, that the magical day that, that never comes. And you're so right. Like I've yes. talked to people before and they're like, oh, I haven't taken a paycheck since I opened or in six yeah. months. And, you know, I, right. Like you don't start a business to starve right. and, you know, <laughs> not enjoy the fruits of your labor. And Absolutely. So, I think that that would be a great conversation that if somebody's finding themselves feeling stuck in this cycle of, I don't know how to do that. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. how to pay myself first and manage the rest of this, or they don't see that is to speak to someone like yourself that yeah. can help them make sure that they're set up correctly and that they understand what they can take. And maybe that grows over time. It doesn't mean you pay yourself right. the salary that you want to be making, right. point, yep. but you got to start somewhere. And yes. or at least it helps you see, you know, I know a lot of women, especially they are transitioning sometimes when they have a start up from corporate, like you mm-hmm. did to their own business. And so for the a while, and I did the same thing, I was working on the weekends in a nursing sure. home contracting work. And that was kind of supplementing my startup um, mm-hmm. so that I could make my ends meet. And then once that got going, then I was able to get rid of income too, or that need to do that extra work. But right. you have to start somewhere with yeah. paying yourself and have oh, a goal absolutely. to move up to. Very important. 100%. Yeah. And I will mention too, like there's a lot of free resources out there for small okay. business owners. And so you don't necessarily have to, you know, pay a bunch of money as you're just starting out for these resources. I One of the greatest things that I've found is the Small Business Administration has local offices. And so um, there's one it, local here in Tampa, which mm-hmm. is where I am. The SBBC Tampa Bay is amazing. They're affiliated with USF. They yeah. have a lot of free resources, including mm-hmm. you can set up consultations with their mm-hmm. staff and just pick their brain on certain things. Yeah. I mean, it's a wonderful free resource to just, Mm -hmm. if you're just trying to get direction on, you know, where to go with a certain topic. They are great. And, um, and those exist in many cities. And Mm -hmm. I have taken classes there myself, and they are taught by industry leaders, experts, financial experts, business people that, you know, are just business planners and coaches. And so, yeah, there's a lot of free or very low cost classes. I know sometimes they'll run series, but mm-hmm. for what you get, it's it's a great value. So I think that's a great right. um, a great resource to remind people of. Any other good resources? I know you mentioned profit yeah. curves. Do yep. you have any other resources? Yeah, and actually, believe it or not, everybody likes to knock the IRS, but there's a lot of information on their website. Um, and that's we should go free. read. Read the IRS's website. That sounds like great poolside homework. Yes, exactly. But, you know, with the caveat that, yes, it's not written in the most uh, plain language, but they are really trying to kind of improve that and change that. They actually are putting out a lot of YouTube videos. And so they're they're trying to move towards a format of that just the everyday person can understand these concepts. So if you check out, you know, the IRS on YouTube, there are some little short videos. And then if you need to learn more, there's a lot of documentation on their website. It's not very organized. It's it's difficult to find things on their website, but they actually have a whole 
publication for small business owners. And so okay. it's a lot of information and it's yeah. very technically written. So you might need an interpreter to, you know, <laughs> help you with some of those things. But it is out there. And okay. of course, that is, you know, that is all free. So good good to know though that that IRS has gotten on YouTube and go IRS up with the times <laughs> now. But they're trying. They're trying. <laughs> It's nice too. I think uh, for the public demystifying, I, I always think of the IRS yes. or people think of the IRS as like the the man behind the the cloth and like the Wizard yes. of Oz, you know, the great and powerful and you don't see yes. them, but kind of familiarizing yourself with something. So it's not this grand entity that, like you said, we look at as like the big bad wolf, like trying right. to like come after and, and just grab us and snatch us doing something we shouldn't. Yep. And And I will say that yeah, as a business owner over years, I've had to call for different things. Mm -hmm. And they've always been, it's always been a helpful call. And yeah. like you said, don't avoid making the call or opening the letters. They actually do respect when you take steps towards resolution, they will yes. work with you. So if you do end up in a crunch with something, they are actually pretty easy to set up plans with and work with. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. They would much rather work with you on a payment plan or something like yeah. that than to not get paid and have to take you to court and have exactly. to do all of these bad things that, you know, they threaten sometimes. They are very willing to work with people. Well, it's more expensive for everybody, honestly. Absolutely. So, yep. so yes, for sure. Any other items on your mind, Carrie, that you want to share? <laughs> or um, you've given us so many good things today. Yeah. The other thing that I'll say is just, you know, lean on your community and, you know, Geneva, like with Hearts and Heels, you know, your organization, there's so much knowledge of other business owners that have been there before you and surround yourself with people that have walked in your shoes and you can pick their brain on certain things, mm -hmm. you know, get that information from them too, and learn, learn from your peers on, you know, how have they done things in their business from a financial standpoint and be, be okay asking that, you yes. know, like it, it is a, a difficult topic to, you know, to bring up, but I guarantee you that people are willing to talk about that. And, mm -hmm. you know, they don't even have to give you specific numbers about how much their business is making or whatever, sure. but they can give you those tools and those tips on, well, here's what I did to set this yes. up, you know, and then you kind of go from there. But I will say with the caveat of, you know, make sure that it is a trusted resource and make sure that it is somebody knowledgeable because you don't want to just implement something in your business because, oh, I heard some, my friend told me mm -hmm. that I could do X, Y, Z. And then it turns out that maybe that's even not correct, or yeah. maybe it's correct for their situation, but yes. it's not correct for your situation. Yes. So kind of with a grain of salt, you know, when you're, when you're mm -hmm. getting advice and, and things from others, you know, to, probably always check with a validate professional it. to yeah, <laughs> validate it to make sure that that's going to work for your specific yes. situation. But definitely lean on lean on your peers and, and pick their brain on things. Absolutely. And I think that we all, as much as we like to share the things that have worked, what I have found is community is also great for sharing the things that didn't work. And yeah. I, I will tell people sometimes like, I don't want anyone else to fall into some pits that I fell in early in business right. because I just didn't know better. So mm -hmm. if I think that like, you know, it's like going through a bad relationship sometimes. Right. It's like, <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want to see your girlfriend, like go through something that yeah. they don't have to, if you can give them good advice and go, you know, like that actually wasn't the wisest thing for me to do. And it cost me this, or it led yeah. down to a very troublesome path. So I think community can be great for sharing advice on what's working for them, but also letting you know, like where some caution might lie right. and 
things that they did before that probably weren't the best move and how they write a course. So you don't have to make those mistakes. But if if you don't surround yourself with community, you'll never never know all those wonderful things that could save you from being in this 50% of people that fail in business. And we don't want to see anybody do that. And there's no shame in in saying that you made mistakes and that yes. you failed because honestly, that's what makes us better and that's what yeah. makes us stronger is learning from those things and then you know moving forward and then sharing that information with others. So yes. there's no shame in saying, no. hey, I totally messed up this when I first started yeah. and then sharing that so that somebody else doesn't you know walk into the same trap. Absolutely. Every every business person has made mistakes. Some of us have made bigger mistakes right. than others. But you're right. It's all about failing forward. Oh, I like absolutely. To think as yes. long as you can learn the lesson, take the steps to recover and get back on track. But avoidance is never a good strategy. No. So I think that when it comes to finance, like you know, like I said, for some reason we go into the space of shame and wanting to put our head in the sand, but avoidance will never get you back where you need to be. But right. speaking to somebody trusted can and can save your dream. I know that you are working on some exciting new coaching programs. Uh, can you share a little yes. bit about about that program, who it's for, and what it's going to cover? Yeah, absolutely. So this kind of stemmed from, you know, like I mentioned, doing small business taxes and seeing this need to just have some additional education and some additional guidance on what are the the best ways to set your business up for success from a financial standpoint? And so I'm working on a new course, um, a new financial coaching course that's for small businesses. Um, it's called From Chaos to Control, um, Small Business Financial Mastery. And so it's going to be a six-month program. Um, where it's lessons that, um, you know, we'll meet, you know, in various increments, probably weekly, and just talk about these business basics, you know, first, talk about that mindset and making sure that you're starting out with a good mindset, then moving into education of financial concepts, you know, to make sure that you feel comfortable you know, you don't need to be an expert, but you yeah. at least need to know enough to ask the right questions and to, you know, be able to understand the basics of what's happening. A lot of people get tied up in, oh, I have a CPA and I have a bookkeeper, so I don't need to know anything about that because they're handling it. And that's actually not true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you still, as a business owner, have the responsibility of knowing what's going on in your business and you yeah. can't completely 100% outsource all of the knowledge when it comes to the finances. Yeah, that's like saying, I have a, <laughs> I have a primary care doctor, hence I need to know nothing about my blood work. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. I mean, you still have that responsibility to where you are ultimately are the decision yeah. maker and you need to be empowered to make good decisions. And yes. so the program is going to be all about empowering those small business owners to just get the education they need to, to be more confident in understanding their business finances, how to set up good processes and procedures around that so that they have that visibility into their finances so they can make those better decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they're going to increase their profitability as a result, because, Mm -hmm. you know, once you see what's happening, you have the ability to then, you know, make changes and have control over that. Yeah, that's wonderful. I think that sounds great. So if someone is interested in getting on your wait list for when that releases, how should they do that? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm putting kind of the finishing touches on the course now, so it will be rolling out soon. But if you would like to get on the wait list, you can go to my website um, and uh, fill out a little form to get on the wait list. So the website is 
www.runningballetfinancial.com slash courses. Okay. And you'll see it at the top of the page. Um, you'll see from chaos to control and then a little um, explanation about what the course is all about. And there'll be a link to get on the wait list. Excellent. I would encourage many people to to take that step and and just see what the course is all about when it releases and see if it's a good fit for them. But I think knowledge is definitely power. And the more we know, like you said, the more that we can be in control of our businesses and feel confident about our forward steps and have a business around for a long time and a business that right. can grow. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yes, yeah, we, that's we the goal create new statistics of success. So I love that. And if someone wants to connect with you, you are on social channels. So where can they find you? What social channels would they? Sure. So I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram, both as Running Valley Financial. So you can find me there. And then um, as always, you can go to my website, runningvalleyfinancial.com. You can fill out a form if you would like a free consultation on whether it's taxes or coaching or any other you know financial needs that you have. Click on the link there and you can um, request a free consultation. Okay, super. And it's a good time to do that consultation because uh, we are out of tax filing season. <laughs> yes, absolutely. The best time to get we your know. finances in order is yes. uh, outside of tax season. Yes, it's, uh, we- we always yes. know um, our CPA friends are really, really busy between like <laughs> in that first quarter yes. <laughs> up till tax deadline. But that's great. Uh, people can connect with you that way, do a free consultation and just see if there's some services that might help them get on track. Or if you are in the space of you have a business idea or a new startup is go ahead and take the steps now before you even get rolling right. to to get the information, to get yourself set up correctly and start it right from the start. And absolutely. Yes. yes, absolutely. So sounds great. Well, thank you so, so much for being with us today. This was great information. I thank think you. it's very helpful. And I'm glad we got to talk about money today because we're all we're all in this to make money. <laughs> so. Absolutely. And it, and it shouldn't be a scary topic. No, it shouldn't no. be, you know, it shouldn't be uh, causing stress and anxiety for people. Exactly. It's uh, it's it can be avoided. Yes. Yes. Great. Thank you so much, Carrie. You're very welcome. Thank you, Geneva. Thanks for tuning in to Her Business Beat. I hope you found some sunshine for your business journey or heard something that made your purpose pulse beat faster. Please hit subscribe, write us a review, and share this episode with a friend. Tune back in for new episodes soon.